1: forget to head on over to our website shamelesssex.com for more and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys use coupon code shamelesspp in all caps at purepleasureshop.com hello everyone
0: hello happy folks Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. I'm not going to talk about myself.
1: (laughs) 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 I like that. Yeah. Hey, everyone. So um, this episode is with someone that we had on episode number 28. And that one was called the Fertility Awareness Method. And this one is particularly on... How hormonal birth controls affect your libido and attraction, whether you're being attracted to someone or someone's attracted to you. Which is
0: something both of us have experienced. Uh, I mean, I know firsthand, I talk a little bit about about it. Oh, (laughs) damn it. But both of us as in, (laughs) but I don't understand how else to relate to things other than like my own experiences. It's okay. Different strokes for different folks, Chip. What about you? Which what,
1: I'm not talking about. Is not it easier
0: for <laughs> you to talk about things when you can relate to them? And you, of course, to I, you?
1: I like a blend of people talking, sharing about personal experiences, and also sharing educational of information. Course. So, and, and so, yes, I think it's very important. In fact, in the healing world, whenever I'm in retreats and healing modalities with therapists. Um, Whenever they bring in some personal vulnerability, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay, I can relax. Like I can relate to you a little bit. And I th- that's what we do here is we share a lot of our personal stuff so that people, which that's normalizing it. Like we're human too and there's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with us. So that's why we share a lot of our personal stuff. And yes, sometimes we do episodes where it's like all about us, but that's not most episodes. So let's stop talking about us. I think us. your
0: grammar is really great, by the way. <laughs> something inspired this everyone yes. just so you know <laughs> um, so from time to time we might say all the thanks but i like it yeah so read a review chip i want to read a review and if you haven't given us a review we love all of them we read them and we do take the feedback we take it and we love I it want to take honor this it.
1: Request a next level and just say right now what are you doing press pause if you have not reviewed us press and you're not driving. pause <laughs> if you subscribe to us you must go back in iTunes and research shameless sex it will pull up and then you write us a review. If you have not subscribed to us, I believe you can just go to Hit your shims. You can go well, you and please subscribe and just go directly and write a review. And now we will press pause while you go and do that. Okay, and five, four,
0: three, <laughs> two, one review. <laughs> so this is a really awesome review, very short. These broads are fire. Not only amazing on the podcast, killer in real life. Thank you, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, know. Well, yeah, I like the
1: title. These broads are fire. Me too. Well, and
0: then the one below it just
1: says, Pure Awesome. Read that And one. the one below that is my new favorite podcast, Welcome to a No Shame World. L- oh, that one's not so happy. <laughs> 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 Most of that, I think about 99% are all. Um, we've had very a couple positive. with four
0: stars, but it's mostly five stars. And the four stars, some of them are about sound, and we've been really trying to perfect the sound. And and I do all the editing by myself. Yes. And you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thanks. She's gonna teach me how to do it someday. Yeah. Until then, I yeah. I just She's a bit of you know a perfectionist. I think more so than I am. We also started a blog. Which we started a blog. I would love to tell you a lot more personal stories. So if you don't like our personal stories, go to you might the, not want to read the blog.
1: Well, if you go to the blog, it also has photos and more personal stories that we're not talking about on here. April recently wrote one about her. Anal, anal adventures, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey April, your anal anniversary is coming up. My my phone told me.
0: <laughs> Did you hear that? I think yeah, it, January fourteenth. April's anal anniversary. Oh my god, the that is in four days. What anal. am I gonna do? Am I gonna have anal? It's again on my anal
1: anniversary. Well, you're. It's m- a Monday. I you're can't
0: believe you have my yeast anniversary in there. <laughs> <and then> my <laughs> anal anniversary. I put all talking of them too much about then. myself, Jen. Okay. Anyways,
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna answer. Well, okay. Before I answer this. Uh, I, I'm going to briefly answer a sex question. Uh, but before I answer this sex question, I just want to comment very briefly on
0: wine. <laughs> why not? We're drinking wine right now. Mm-hmm. We're drinking delicious Margins Margins wine. wine. Go to marginswine.com. Check out her new selection. She's got some new selections.
1: So I'm very excited for the Pinot Noir that's coming out. And as I say that, um, that's not available right now. But that's why people should sign up for a newsletter because that's coming out. Yeah, I said because instead of
0: because. <laughs> We're killing it grammatically today.
1: Now, you know, these kinds of this, these, <laughs> this kind of feed, this feedback <laughs> helps us to be Re-center. more. <laughs> okay, Margie's wine. So, she just left us a nice couple bottles, also known as a case of her. Um, the Cap Franc Cap Franc which is delicious I think we, I already powered through mine it's amazing
0: <laughs> I know she gives me more bottles thankfully I give you more bottles I know that's so what I'm saying yeah. you as an But enemy. I
1: come to your house and drink them while we And record. we share
0: them with guests if they're in mm-hmm. person So
1: I highly recommend checking out Margin's Wine it's a woman owned and operated uh, company based out of Santa Cruz here with underrepresented grapes from underrepresented regions and it is organic raw wine meaning it's as organic as it gets no nasty additives which they don't even need to put Won't on even the give you a head.
0: Hangover And exclusive for Shameless Sex listeners, you can get 10% off three bottles or more if you use the code SHAMELESSSEX on marginswine.com. And so Shameless Sex 10. Shameless Sex 10. Yes. Shameless Sex 10 on marginswine.com. You get 10% off. And then if you use the code SHAMELESSSEX15 on six or more bottles... You get fifteen percent off on her website, and that's exclusively for us. She actually never discounts her wine, nope. other than that. So, uh, go grab a bottle or three or six or twelve, and then you can crack it open.
1: And as you listen to our episode, pour yourself a glass, and then know that you're drinking with us at the same. Not time. Not in
0: the car, though.
1: Not in the car, which is where most <laughs> people are listening. They're yes, like, I know.
0: On a jog, which yeah, a good place. On to a drink jog, wine. <laughs> mm, this one is yummy. Drink that vino. You know. Furthermore. Have you looked at omgs.com lately?
1: Are you asking me? Because obviously you know the answer. But well, <laughs> lately though, lately. Oh, When's lately. the last
0: time you checked in with OMGS? Okay, I have to be honest. It's been it's a, new a year. while. It's a new year, Chip. Yeah, it's been New been goals, a weeks. new <laughs> massage goals. So I am officially. I, everyone
1: just, you should have seen her finger <laughs> moving around in a circular fashion.
0: I am officially taking a vibrator hiatus. You decided? It's oh, like yeah. gone?
1: It's gone. The magic wand. I'm gonna wand. bury
0: them in the backyard for. No, a while. you're not. The magic one's so amazing. Don't in a it. box that is sealed, so I can reuse it later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I'm taking a break. I think it's gonna be at least a three month vibrator fast. You? When did you start? Yesterday. <laughs> How's it going? It's great, but I am about to ter- clu- like clue myself in to omgs.com to find a bunch of different ways to pleasure myself because I think that that is important to learn what other folks are doing and I've gone through about 20 videos but there's 65? I
1: think it's 62.
0: 62 and there's some interactive videos. There's a lot and so now you have have no choice but to finally do your awesome homework. I know. I know. Well I mean I've done a little bit but now I can actually go on, log in, go to omgs.com backslash shameless and you You get $5 off. off. Yeah. Bones. So check it Safe. out
1: because it is a awesome way to add, And this is about vulvas, by the way. External pleasure for vulvas. Um, it's not just for vulvas who don't really understand what they like, but it's also for expanding the menu. You thought you knew what you liked, and all of a sudden you discover this new crazy place. Wow, the upper uh, right-hand the side infinity motion. of Ooh. my labia feels amazing, and I had no
0: idea. But it doesn't feel amazing when I rub it. It feels amazing when I tap it. I had no clue that the tapping tablet. was even a thing. Oh, wow. So, not even for vulva owners only, but for folks that just love vulvas. So,
1: I'm a vulva you might fan
0: not own a vulva, mine. but you might just love them. So, check it out. OMGS, we love you. Dot com. That was grammatically correct. <laughs> this message brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> Grammar.com. Dot grammar dot com.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're not a sponsor. Yeah. Um, okay. So, before we the podcast, <laughs> they're not This one, uh, we know the date that is coming out. This is January 22nd of 2019. 2019. And guess what's coming up soon? The Terminator. Which one? Five?
0: Terminator 25.
1: I don't know. It's not. I'll be (laughs) back. Well, trademarked. (laughs) Screwed. Um, What's coming up next, what's coming up soon is my partner's birthday, but we're not going to talk about that. What's coming up after (laughs) that is Valentine's Day. Yay! Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. Day. So, Valentine's Day, everyone. What are you going to get? What are you gonna get for yourself? You have a couple weeks. I said gonna again. What are you going, going to give? To get? Give. Get. <laughs> for yourself, for another. You don't have a lover? Great, give yourself a gift. You have a lover? Great, give them the gift. You love your
0: mother? Great, give her a Maybe gift. Maybe we should fuck each
1: other's mother. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Uh,
0: lonely, lonely island. <laughs> yes.
1: Maybe. Maybe we should fuck each other's mothers,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, uh it is it's yeah. it's Andy Sandberg, yeah, fuck each other's mothers, <laughs> and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Or you don't have to fuck each other's mothers. You could just give them the 12 sexy days. <laughs> Problem
1: solved. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to do so much editing on this episode. Okay. So oh, <laughs> I actually really like this part. I know. It's good. All right. We're keeping it. So the 12 sexy days, everyone. We've talked about it in past episodes. Um, so why just have one... Day where you, and in fact, I just wanted, this is a side note, this is not even like a selling point for a product here. Let me tell you that Valentine's Day is a wonderful day to celebrate someone that you love or adore, or if you don't have someone yourself. I don't want to sing, because a lot of single people are like, fuck you, Valentine's Day. It's a good day to celebrate yourself. And don't use it as the only excuse to celebrate someone, to give them a sexy gift, to take them out on the town, to take yourself out on that like romantic pampering date. So... Um, that is another reason why we like this twelve sexy days thing, is because it takes it off of the pressure of just being one
0: day to honor and um, celebrate you, you said or else. It's like a else. sexy date night over the course of twelve weeks, if you want to one mm-hmm. a week or oh. twelve days. But you, there's so many adorable little accoutrements so inside. From uh,
1: Bijou Indiscrets. If you go to bijouindiscrets.com, which is a woman-owned company, by the way. In Barcelona. Barcelona. And you get 12 different gift items in there. It's valued at $500. It's under $200. And you get 15% off with and coupon it's
0: a code p- six. It's a beautiful box. Mm, like, it's, it's We still have it. We, they Pasties, sent us one so like, we would know what we were talking yes. about. And which I never got my part, by the way. I haven't even opened it. Okay. still upset. I thought you, th- you said been rocking some of the things. No, already. I want to. I've just looked at everything. Thing I want to.
1: So there's like uh, the be- bejazzled bejeweled nipple tassels and there's sexy garters and blindfolds and whips and uh, one of those necklaces with a whip yep. on it. And there's like a that.
0: vibrator as <laughs> well. There's a lot of good stuff. So mm-hmm. check out that. Do Valentine's Day right this year for your mother or just your lover.
1: Or for fucking each other's mothers. Yep. Yep. For <laughs> all of it. Um, yeah. Go check out bijouindiscrets.com um, and they have plenty of other things too including the horoscope line which we won't go too deep into but we are big fans of that so if you want to get...
0: I actually have my box on display upstairs in my office because I think it's so pretty.
1: I looked at your, your pussy when you saw oh, that. Oh, that box is always on display, Amy. You're wearing jeans. I know. I can't see <laughs> <laughs> It's limiting. All right, everyone. So you would like to learn about our guest, Lisa Hendrickson-Jack, who is the host of the awesome podcast, Fertility Friday, which April and I are big fans of and have both listened to. So Lisa Hendrickson-Jack is a certified fertility awareness educator and holistic reproductive health practitioner who teaches women to chart their menstrual cycles for natural birth control, conception, and monitoring overall health. In her new book, The Fifth Vital Sign, Lisa debunks the myth that regular ovulation is only important when you want children by recognizing the menstrual cycle as a vital sign. Drawing heavily from our current scientific literature, Lisa presents an evidence-based approach to fertility awareness and menstrual cycle optimization. She hosts the Fertility Friday podcast, a weekly radio show devoted to helping women connect to their their fifth vital sign by uncovering the connection between menstrual cycle health, fertility,
0: and overall health. Ready? I'm super ready. And honestly, this episode is awesome. Yep. Let's do it.
1: Let's go. Dive in. Meow. We're super excited to have Lisa back on the show. As she was here before, talking about the fertility awareness method, um, which is a non-hormonal, um, natural method that is based on actual science that our body has to um, regulate uh, whether we or reg- regulate, but create awareness from whether we are fertile or not fertile, whether you're trying to get pregnant or not pregnant. We'll get more about the book in a little bit, but that's really exciting. We're here to more so to talk about um, sexuality and libido, the effects of birth control, um, and how being in tune with our bodies can. Uh, help us be more connected with our libido and with our sexuality.
0: I'm so excited to talk to you today, too, because I just spent the the last week with my partner and his 24-year-old and 20-year-old daughters who are both on birth control, and I was trying to explain to them about what it can do to their libidos, and then I'm like, actually, wait, I'm going to have basically an expert on the podcast, (laughs) so listen to it when it comes out. So I'm so stoked on this episode, Lisa. Yes. So... I guess like really, can you go over a little bit about like what hormonal contraceptives specifically do to impact your libido and kind of how that works? Because I know you're super knowledgeable in that field.
2: Yes. No, that's a great place to start. And even just hearing that, of course, that's like a huge reason why I do this when I talk about this, because it really like... For a young woman who goes on the pill shortly after she gets her first period or when she's in her teens, if we all think back to when we were 16 or 17, I mean, I didn't know about my own sexuality yet. I had barely grown into it. So having something that alters it at such a young age, you don't even really know that it's being altered, which would be the bigger concern. (laughs) Um, So to answer your question about how it works, I think it's helpful just to have a general sense of like why the pill is effective, what it's doing to the body, like why you don't get pregnant when you take it. And so there's three main modes of action Um, with uh, with all of the hormonal birth control, but there are certain differences. So let's say for the combined oral contraceptives, so those are the ones that have synthetic estrogens and progestins, and that's typically like the pill, also the patch or the ring. Um, They're all doing the same thing basically. And what they do, I mean, the the main mode of action for these, for that particular type of contraceptive is to um, suppress ovulation. And so it does that by interfering with the communication between the hypothalamus, pituitary, and ovaries. And essentially preventing the ovaries from ever really really, um, producing an egg. And therefore, it really stops your natural hormone production. So when you're preventing and suppressing ovulation, Uh, you're not producing a significant amount of your natural estrogens, progesterones, and testosterone. And so although as women, we produce about 90% less testosterone than our male counterparts, but we require it. So even though we produce a lot less than men, we actually need the testosterone that we produce uh, because testosterone plays a crucial role in a few specific things that you know uh, if your testosterone is low you're more likely to experience depression and anxiety which is one of the ways that the pill increases your risk of depression just one of them (laughs) there's others (laughs) Um, but in addition to that testosterone is really essential for normal libido normal sexual function and so that relates to how like the libido aspect like how how aroused you feel or how much desire you feel but it also plays a role in your your physical body which i think is the part that we don't really realize and we haven't really been taught about so what the research tells us is that um you know your vaginal tissues your vulvar tissues your clitoris are highly sensitive to hormones including testosterone and when you um so and just to put a little context to it when women take hormonal birth control, um, I think there's kind of this idea that some women experience side effects and some women don't. I'm sure that, um, you know, you speak to enough women and some women say, oh my goodness, I took this pill and it was like horrible. I was depressed. I had no libido. And other women, you know, take the pill and they say, I was completely fine. I had no side effects. I loved it. It was wonderful. But I think the message that I'm, I try to share is that Uh, some of the side effects that I talk about, it's not like some women have lower testosterone on the pill and others don't. This is across the board because that's how it works. So that's why, so that main mode of action of shutting down ovulation, suppressing ovarian function means that all women who take hormonal birth control, particularly the ones that have the combination estrogen-progestin, they all have less testosterone by as much as 61% less. I and totally
0: so, had no sex drive when I was on the pill for years. And I thought I was just like asexual. I seriously didn't. As soon as I got off of it after about a year, I was like, I'm a horny human. Yes. Like I knew it. Then, <laughs> because I had no sex drive and I could, I didn't really make the link, but that makes so much sense.
2: And I think like, and, and that's why, uh, that's why I deferred a lot to the research in my book because it's it's kind of getting annoying to talk about hearsay and whatever like what they they've studied it they can test your blood levels of testosterone and so the reason that it reduces the testosterone so much i mean on the one hand we're suppressing ovarian function so we're actually making less of it but on the other hand when you take hormonal birth control it increases um your protein called sex hormone binding globulin shbg and um Basically, my analogy for it is like if you've ever seen one of those demonstrations with like the magnetic, like the, the iron filings or whatever and the magnet. So this protein basically attracts the testosterone. So the more SHBG you have, the less free testosterone that you have. So if the testosterone is, is free versus if the testosterone is bound, really only the free testosterone is what, what your, your cells can actually use. So that's just a long way of saying that the pill on multiple fronts reduces testosterone. So it lowers how much you produce and it also increases this, this protein that basically takes the testosterone out of circulation. Mm-hmm. So in addition to lowering your libido. One of the lesser known side effects is that because your vulvar tissues are so sensitive to testosterone, when you have less of it, women are more likely then to experience painful sex. So they've done specific studies where they actually measure the thickness of the vulvar tissues, like the thickness of the vaginal opening, and also the size and volume of the clitoris. And what they find is that when women are taking hormonal birth control, it thins the vulvar tissues it decreases the like the actual thickness of the vaginal opening and also shrinks the clit by up to 20%. So it's like shrinking the clit. (laughs) Like, and, and this is, so there was one study and it was like an average of 20% like clitoral shrinkage. So that's a really like huge problem. And so, especially with the vaginal opening being thinner then you have a lot of women suffering from painful sex. Obviously, for women who suffer from vulvodynia, which is um, you know a word for women who have this condition of painful sex, often it's when like it's um, upon penetration, like penetration is particularly painful, and that's it for women who are affected in this way by hormonal birth control. It's literally because the pill is 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 shrinking the 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 skin around that area and therefore making it much more sensitive. And making you more likely to have painful sex. And if you, the earlier you start taking the birth control, so when women are taking this in their teens, the more likely they are to experience these symptoms. And I think you and you, we all know that when women, when we have like low libido, when we have painful sex, we internalize that. Like you said, I just thought I was asexual. I didn't think I was that sexual of a person. So there's a lot of women out there who really just think it's them mm-hmm. and they have no idea that there could be a connection to birth control.
1: On one side, people who are on birth control and they're in long-term relationships, I'm particularly speaking, obviously, heterosexual relationships because we're talking about birth control here. Um, so we're talking about sperm and, um, and going into uh, ovaries and or into eggs. And so they're they're wondering, why, am I not wanting to have sex with my partner anymore because... I'm not horny anymore because of the birth control. And I think that's an important thing to look at if they're on birth control. And then the other side is all the other uh, learned parts, right? You know, we habituate to our partners where they're less shiny and new. So maybe we don't get as horny as we once did. And I think, is it, uh, I don't think it's it's Esther Perel's formula, but she quotes the formula of um, it is uh, attraction plus obstacle equals desire. So when we have attraction to someone and there's an obstacle, then we have a lot of desire. This is why, in the end, you know, when you're in a relationship for five years and then you hit a rocky point and it feels like your partner might be leaving you, all of a sudden you want to fuck them. And You're like, wow, um, why? And then and then the relationship gets safe again. You're like, all right, I'm good now. I'm not really that horny again. Um, so I just want to to point that out because we have received a number of emails from listeners who are asking, what is it? You know, is it is it the birth control? And I think what you're saying is if someone is on hormonal birth control, it is very an important thing. If your libido is important to you and there's plenty of other health risks too, um, to play with that. And it could be other things too. It could be a combination of everything. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, so my question for you is, cause you're saying pro, is the progest- progesterone, progesterone, is it progestin or progesterone? The, um,
2: so the testosterone is the bigger, like for the libido is what I was talking about, but the in the pill, there's the progestin. I always say progestin just to kind of to hit at the fact that it's not the same as progesterone. Okay,
1: yes. So progestin and and the uh, estrogen combination are what you're seeing are speaking to are more. Uh, the studies are showing that 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 is greatly affecting uh, women's libidos more than in, any other hormonal birth control method.
2: Well, other types of hormonal um, contraceptive methods affect libido as well. I mean, whenever you're taking a hormonal birth control, you are disrupting the endocrine system, um, and it, it is preventing you to get from getting pregnant. So it is doing something to you. Um, the main difference is that not all progestin-only contraceptive methods prevent ov- ovulation from happening all the time. <clears throat> But there are some that do. So for example, I mean, like the depot shot or the implant um, suppress ovulation. uh, But with progestin only, um, so there's, I mentioned one of the three kind of main ways that hormonal birth control prevent pregnancy. So the first one being suppressing ovulation, but there's two additional fronts. So the other one is um, preventing the cervix from producing fertile quality mucus. So basically the cervix is, closed and has a thick gelatinous mucus plug Um, and then the third mode of action is preventing the uterine lining from ever getting really thick enough in order for an egg to implant so they're like for instance the Marina IUD doesn't consistently suppress ovulation although it does um, interfere with the natural cycle even in women who continue ovulating like they don't have the same levels of progesterone and things like that so I think it's really important to there's a lot of information that goes around about hormonal birth control as though like even for the like I think it, especially for the progestin releasing IUDs it's like oh it's just a low dose and it's just like localized in your uterus as if you don't have a circulatory system and like it's not going to like go through your body like it's really interesting how we talk about these things so it's helpful to know that you know if you're taking hormonal birth control it's a hormone and it is going to affect your other hormone levels but at the same time I think if you're if you are experiencing an issue with libido and it's significant enough that you're having like it's significant enough for you to be thinking about it looking into it considering going to therapy for it or whatever the case is i think that at some point given all the research about hormonal birth control and how it can affect libido and the fact that there's like a running joke that the reason one of the reasons why the pill is so effective because you don't want to have sex anymore (laughs) i feel like there there comes a point where you should uh seriously just consider it you know what i mean like um and the, the way to consider it would be to think about what an alternative birth control would be for a period of time and let, go off of it for a period of time and see if it improves. And then you can go on, go back on it if it if it, if it has nothing to do with it. Is,
1: is the, so is, when someone's taking a hormonal birth control pill, is, is the effects of what's doing the body kind of similar to menopause? <laughs>
2: um, well, what's interesting is that if you were to measure the natural hormone output, of a woman who is on, so if you, if you took a woman who's on birth control and you were to measure her actual production of estrogen and progesterone, testosterone, it would be more close to a woman in menopause. And it's interesting if you think about it, because some of the effects of hormonal birth control are like low libido, vaginal dryness, like all of these things that you're just like, you're 20 <laughs> why are you like why do you have vaginal dryness and low like no libido? Like that doesn't even make sense. Um so from a hormonal standpoint, yes. Mm-hmm. Um and just as a side note for any woman who is listening who has experienced that and, and does have pain pain with sex and like does find that there's this kind of certain parts of their vulva that are actually really sensitive and like seriously painful kind of regularly. Um I did an interview with a woman who had this and she had this pain this mysterious pain for like four years and she went into doctor's office and doctor's office and she even ended up having a surgery like a vulvectomy to actually remove like they identified the, the specific part of her vulva that was sensitive and they, they actually removed to cut it out Oh my. and goodness. then you know what happened she still had the pain <laughs> of course and, right <laughs> after <laughs> that like it's just tragic but then what um what ended up happening is she ended up uh, just, like some told someone told someone that they read an article about um and how it's associated with the birth control pill and obviously that low testosterone piece that we were talking about and in the end she got her doctor to prescribe her testosterone that she then rubbed on the area and that is what finally got rid of the pain
0: unbelievable
2: body parts needed to cut out
0: (laughs) (laughs) just remove it just take off that finger hurts let's cut it off amy I want to throw a little scenario at you to see if this if this is we should play a game like, is this because of hormonal birth control? Yes or no. Uh, But, you know, you (laughs) let's say I'm a single I'm a single female identified human. I end up meeting this very attractive male human. And. We are, you know, in love, and or maybe not. We're just banging it out on a regular, and I'm super attracted. And I'm like, I need to get on birth control because I don't know about the fertility awareness method yet. I didn't read the fifth vital sign, and um, I decide to go on the pill. Suddenly, I can't look at the guy. I'm like, you know what? I'm not attracted to you anymore. Is this because of the birth control? Is it can birth control because this has happened? I, I know it's happened to me, but can hormonal contraceptive, and I've heard other folks talk about this too, where they're like, I'm on hormones and I just don't want to, I, I feel like not attractive. I'm not attracted to my partner. What can I do? And can it have an effect? Are there implications of hormonal birth control affecting your attraction to your partner? Or partners?
2: Oh, I love that you asked that question.
0: Do you like scenario, so, the scenario, the storytelling? Okay,
2: so I love it. I love it. I love the scenario. I'm like totally in the zone. Like <laughs> um, but I remember like, okay, so this kind of, this question about like if hormonal birth control affects your partner attraction that's kind of been floating around, you know, in the ethers for quite some time. And so for me, I was like, okay, I want to research this. I want to see if there's a, and I expected it to be hard to find research. I was like, come on, how much research can there be? (laughs) So there's a whole field of evolutionary biology that I discovered and like I found an overwhelming amount of research in this area and so um, basically what the the technical term for this phenomenon is the major histocompatibility complex and basically like that term refers to how um, our hormones they they have an effect on how we perceive the scent of this wonderful you know dude and how and or person and how that person perceives us. So some, a part of it is out of our control because there's also an issue of like the pheromones, like how we smell to others, like that's completely outside of our control. And so what the, in the research is really, it's kind of very strange and like bordering um politically incorrect because this is a field of evolutionary biology and they're asking questions like is this going to affect me? choice how is this going to affect the genetic outcome of your kids so it's kind of this interesting topic of like you're reading the studies and it feels like can you even talk about this out loud but what they find is that if you are taking hormonal birth control um, what they do in order, like how they or arrange these studies, like they've done a bunch of like t-shirt studies where they have people like wear these t-shirts and then they like have people smell them and kind of identify like which one they're most attracted to. Okay. So for women who are say on birth control, they're more likely to be attracted to a partner whose genetic makeup is more similar to theirs. Hmm. And this is where the like political incorrectness comes in. Because there's research that shows that if you mate with a partner that's like more genetically similar, um, you're more likely to have fertility challenges, which is again very controversial. I feel controversial. You're
0: more and genetically similar, similar yeah. Partner, you'll have yeah. more fertility challenges.
2: You're, you're hearing me right because that, there's
0: that's that so bizarre.
2: It is. So if you have like they've done research on couples who are like infertile couples. On their kind of genetic stuff and find that they're more likely to have similar genes so like i said super controversial and really politically incorrect but i'm just reporting on what the research says and um so then when women are not on hormonal birth control they're more likely to choose a partner who has a a more diverse genetic makeup and it gets even more bizarre so they um women like they'll have women kind of choose um, like what they find visually appealing in a partner and they'll take men's faces and like feminize them so there was this one study that I looked at where they actually like feminized these men and like so they had like masculine men and feminized men and the women who were on birth control were more likely to be attracted to the more feminine men so again totally like very awkward to have a conversation like this and say it out loud. And it does feel a bit bizarre, but that's what, so, so, and then there's that phenomenon. So you talked about the phenomenon in that, like you're super attracted, like hot and heavy for this dude. (laughs) And then you go on birth control and then you're like, man, he stinks. And it, it happens the reverse way as well. Where if you meet your partner on birth control, because what basically what the research is saying is that the birth control changes how you smell to others Mm -hmm. and how you perceive others both. Mm -hmm. So then when you're on it, you're more likely like if you meet your partner on it, then you're more likely um, to choose someone maybe that you wouldn't choose and you wouldn't know. But if you go off of it, say like you're married and you want to get pregnant and you go off of it, all of a sudden your partner has a smell. You didn't know this before.
0: Whoa, because this is actually blowing my mind, you, right? Because and it happens I, when I got off birth control, and I'm not going to link this all, but this is blowing my mind because I got off birth control with my ex husband because we were trying to get pregnant, and I, that's why because he really wanted a child. I never really wanted a child, and I I didn't become like. I, I was still attracted to him, but it was totally different. And I actually ended up, you know, going outside of the being out of integrity and, and cheating, but uh, which long story short, I'm not married anymore. But that maybe that's the reason.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, we, like, there were a lot it's of Kind reason, of one of those but things, crazy. like you never know. Yeah. So there was this other interesting study that I just want to bring up because I thought it was super fascinating. So I found the study where the researchers, like Go researchers, they um they measured, they wanted to find out if if it made a difference if a woman was um, cycling naturally versus if she was on um, the pill. So they would call it, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, competitive advantage so they're basically saying like do women who are cycling naturally have a competitive advantage so these researchers actually took it to the strip clubs mm-hmm. I'm not making this up
0: <laughs> You're like the best here to take the research
2: That's right the and so they had women who were like naturally cycling not on hormones and then they had women who were um, on hormonal birth control and they they actually measured like how much they made like how much money they made So the women who were naturally cycling made way more money around ovulation and then not as much money around menstruation. And then the women who were on birth control made about the same amount. But the overall average, I think it was an average of um, like $83 per shift more for the women who were naturally cycling. So the researchers concluded that naturally cycling women have a competitive advantage over women on I home do home feel
0: like nutrition. when I'm out in public because I'm not in <laughs> birth control now I feel like they can smell the ovulation on me like I get like <laughs> get on at the gym more I'm like hey that.
1: that's why the other when we were at a trade show in October and and I was watching I was like you get targeted i mean davis this was like being you're
0: ovulating right now april you get targeted
1: well now. yeah people this is more like she was constantly getting we're coming up behind her and grinding her on the dance floor which is like people if you're please don't do that to people like
0: please check in
1: <laughs> before you go and grind them it was
0: like in shock She's like you are always getting like like violated yes but targeted by all these dudes so So my theory it
1: was it was like is it your energy is it because you're you're kind of small and compact and like because i'm i'm over five nine no one tries to grind me from behind like it's just it's it's awkward people and if you do then good luck to you
0: that's the reason what's that because i was ovulating then i don't have the science i have to look back at my tracker to see but that would make sense Uh stay indoors when i'm ovulating. protection
2: well and i mean they always say like my favorite phrase one of my favorite phrases is like the truth is stranger than fiction because you literally like you can't make this stuff up right like it's just so um and one of the things that i thought was interesting as well is it was that around ovulation the men were more attracted but also in some of the studies they said that that men like liked your voice more so they Mm. actually were more likely to like like the sound of your voice more around that time of your cycle and to kind of tie it into fertility awareness um because of course this is like what i do but um (laughs) what's interesting too if you think about what's happening around ovulation so that's around that time as you approach ovulation is when your estrogen levels are the highest and estrogen triggers the production of cervical mucus which means like you've got mucus flowing and so from like a more kind of intimate standpoint if you're getting intimate with somebody um your like partner can tell where you are in your cycle based on how you taste Mm. because you're more likely to taste sweeter around ovulation and bitter around like outside of that window like you know in your luteal phase before your period comes because the actual ph of your vagina is different So around ovulation, your vagina is more um basic. It's it's to support sperm, like because of course Mother Nature wants to get you pregnant, but it's like more, it's less acidic. Like, and then outside of that, it's more acidic. So your partner can actually like just ask any any woman who's listening to this who isn't on birth control, you could just ask your partner if you didn't know, like now you know. But there's times of your cycle where you actually like taste differently.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for a lot of women affect that flavor.
2: Well, birth control would like, there's no change, Mm -hmm. like it's never going to be like that, that sweeter that I'm talking about, because it's like you never are, you're never in, you're never fertile, (laughs) because that's the point. So you never have mucus flowing to change your um, vaginal flora. So what okay so
1: we in our the episode that we did with you it was it was about the fertility awareness method but now as we tie it together for our listeners who have not listened to that can you talk about that because this is the work you do you help to coach people around the fertility awareness method how whether they're trying to get pregnant or not using it as a birth control method um that you you help them do their charting and and understand their body and engaging their cervical mucus right but can you explain to it to our listeners a little bit
2: yeah, I mean, just kind of to, to put it out there briefly. Um, there's this, I suppose it's kind of get rid of some of the myths that we've all been taught about our bodies. As women, most of us grow up with that idea that we can get pregnant every single day of our cycle, where it's actually men that are fertile all the time, and there's only a small window of fertility. So uh, technically, there's about six days of your cycle that you can get pregnant because. Uh, as you approach ovulation, you make, you produce cervical mucus. And the reason that that would be your fertile period is because when you're making cervical mucus and it might appear like raw egg whites and be stretchy and clear, and it may appear like, like um, hand lotion, creamy white hand lotion. And when you're producing that, sperm can survive in there up to five days. And so the reason that I kind of tied that into the whole question about partner attraction is because um I mean a lot there's a lot of negative connotations about our vaginas a lot of women are really self-conscious about like do I smell like a lot of women may deny themselves the pleasure of you know having someone go down on them because they're embarrassed like there should be no smell yeah yeah did you ever see the vagina monologues yes. oh, yeah oh yeah did you did either of you ever see that yeah because I'm like obsessed and you remember that one part where she's like if you order that like I don't remember what she said I wish I could like recite it but I can't but it's basically like if you go to the restaurant and order fish like you don't expect it to come back smelling like flowers like if you order the <laughs> pussy it should smell like pussy <laughs> absolutely a
0: hundred percent like a healthy right. pussy. I mean, there, you, yeah, you can, you know, enter BV sometimes where you know something's off balance, but it, a healthy uh, vaginal smell is, is good for everyone, I think.
2: And then around your fertile window... When you're actually making mucus, you're more likely to have, like you're. You, it's I would say you smell kind of more like yourself. Like when you're healthy, when everything is great, like so you know no BV or whatever. I mean, there's going to be a bit of a scent, but it's as a woman you we just live in a very kind of sex negative like bad bad shaming culture where we're kind of like taught that there's something wrong with that but again there are like, kind of on the flip side there's women who like during that phase would like put that as a little bit of um like put it uh, you know, like I'm doing this as if listeners can see me but actually like put some of their love juice as though it was perfect on their and, on like, their neck walk around on their neck or whatever and then you might just you might not be able to do that because there might be so many men grinding on you that you don't even know like, just like, Try wow, I, I should, Try I should
0: not do that. Okay. That's going to be a great way to keep them yeah. off me.
2: I know you'll be doing it next time.
0: Yeah. yeah I'll be like <laughs> sweet sweet juices. So, okay. We've definitely covered a lot about the libido and how contraceptives affect the libido. And I definitely want to give our listeners a chance, unless there's anything else you want to well, add, but I, to talk about your
1: book. I also, I just, I want to tell listeners, I just, if you were talking about the fertility awareness method, it's episode number 28. Go back to episode number 28. Lisa talks all about it and explains it, but it's... I thought it's at episode 44. What, Chip? I just pointed it out to you, 28. <laughs> oh, 28. Why did I say
0: 44?
1: I don't know. you trip it. It's called... The, I didn't say that. 28. It's called The Fertility Awareness Method with Fertility Friday. Um, and she also has a podcast called Fertility Friday, so you can learn all about it. I have listened to many, many of the episodes. It's an awesome podcast. Um, so to learn more about that, but um, let's go into the piece about your book. Tell us more about that. Where give us hey, a juicy sizzler,
2: Ooh. A juicy <laughs> sizzler. Yeah. Well, all of the juicy details about partner attraction and like how the pill messes around with your libido. I had like a two chapter smackdown on the pill, and it was actually like a lot of fun for me to research and write. Um, and you can hear the passion I have for it because basically, I really believe that as women, we deserve. Like, even though you don't, you we want to have control over when you get pregnant, you deserve to have a libido. Mm -hmm. And I feel really passionate about it because everyone has opinions about how hormonal birth control affects everybody. But what the research tells us is that it affects everybody. Everyone's experience of it is going to be different and unique. But if you started on that pill when you were 16, 17, like in all fairness, you didn't really know about your libido yet. Mm -hmm. And so you, I just just think um, there was a study... I'm sorry, I'm like, like I'm going around, but there was like a study done on men. They had this like, it's kind of like depo for men where they had this, like this shot for men. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, they gave men this shot and surprise, surprise, it lowered their testosterone levels. And some of them started feeling feelings of depression. And And it was really interesting because when you read the the way that the study participants handled this medication, it's very similar to the most common side effects of hormonal birth control. So, it's like wow messing with men's hormones also messes with them however what happened in that study was that they called it off because they deemed it like not safe to proceed
1: Ah, oh, of course protect the men <laughs> protect the penis
0: no. legit
2: but with women like there's are still we still you can get a prescription for it everywhere and no one's telling you about it so all of those juicy details are in the book um the book is really comprehensive i um over i've been doing my podcast for four years and it's interesting i'm sure you found it as well like i've been really inspired by a lot of great authors and I really wanted to pack the book with as much, as many facts as I could. So over a thousand citations later, um, I really wanted to provide some concrete examples for all these interesting phenomena. So from how important the menstrual cycle is for overall health, even if you never want to have babies at all, um, to how the birth control pill can affect libido, and also to how you can chart your cycles and how you can start to identify where, you know, when in your cycle you're fertile, and then learn how to navigate that. Because at the end of the day, like one way to have great juicy sexual experiences is to keep your libido by keeping your menstrual cycle intact. But if your menstrual cycle is intact, then you have to figure out how you're going to like not get pregnant every time you want to have sex with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so in terms of like where to find it, the, the book is available on Amazon and other reta- uh, online retailers. My goal is to have the audiobook done around the same time as release, but there, it's going to be available in all formats, audio, um, paperback, and, uh, ebook and then for the listeners if you want to get the first chapter for free i'm gifting that uh, so you can get that over at the fifth and then
1: you also do coaching with people too so how can they learn more about that and work with you whether they're want to work with you they're trying to get pregnant or not
2: well, thank you for that. I, so I teach fertility awareness. I have group classes. I have one-on-one coaching programs. And so um, for more on that, you can just head over to fertilityfriday.com and then there's a work with me tab and all of the programs are are listed there. So thank you.
1: And the podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, all the apps too. It's under called Fertility Friday, correct?
2: Thank you. You're much better at this than me. <laughs> 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 I can't remember all the things. There's too yeah. many things that this You're point. You're doing a lot. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Everyone go check out Lisa's podcast, Fertility Friday. Go check out the book, The Fifth Vital Sign. Um, Go check out her
0: website. I can't wait to recommend this episode when it airs on... We're going to air it, I think, soon on Tuesday. Tuesday, So uh, in a few days, no one knows, (laughs) but yeah, soon. And I can't wait to refer to folks um, because I want to put the smack down on birth control too. I think that uh, hormonal birth control, I mean, condoms or condoms are great, Uh, but I think hormonal birth control... Let's not have it control our bodies anymore. Let's get, you know, let's get all the folks coming at you when you're ovulating, if you want
2: that. Well, and can I say there's, I always, whenever I talk about the pill, I always kind of like, I don't backtrack, but in the end, I just want to be clear about my message. And so, cause I'm, I'm like super, like I'm very well-versed and a very happy pill basher. But at the end of the day, the reason that I'm doing that is because where are we getting our information from? Women are put on the pill as if it's like a vitamin and no one ever talks about the side effects. And so you have women who ask actually legitimately are experiencing side effects kind of suffering and have no idea that it's related so my message is about informed consent because at the end of the day like you know i took the pill like everyone takes the pill so i think that women would fall into three categories it's like you're um some women if they learn about the side effects are going to be like okay that's not for me and they're not going to take it at all some women are going to learn about the side effects and be like okay I'm going to take it but maybe I'll take it for like a specific period of time like I'm in college I need to sort this out when I you know what I mean like they would maybe modify how long they take it for and then there's other women who would take it for just as long but we need to have that choice (laughs) we need to be able to make that decision and that's really what it's about informed consent so that if you lose your libido, you can be like, huh, I listened to that episode on the Shameless Sex Podcast. And I remember she said she said that it could have some effect on libido. Now that I know that that's a possible connection, let me go off of it for a couple of months and see if my libido comes back, right? That's it. That's all I want.
0: <laughs> Word. I like that so much. No, that's not asking for a lot. Inf- information is power. That's why we do this, right? That's exactly why people should, you know, grab your book, pick it up when it releases on January 21st. The- 2019. So, if this is 2022 and you're listening, it's available. Amazon's probably still on the market. Still ruining the, the world. Still ruining the world. So, Lisa, you are a joy. You are absolutely so knowledgeable, and we love having you on our show. So, thank you for uh, you know, coming on again. We appreciate you.
2: Thank you so much for having me back. You guys are so much fun. This was a blast. And of course we could just chit chat and laugh forever.
0: I know, I know. And you have (laughs) such great information. So thank you for sharing. And we will see all of our listeners next Tuesday. Remember, if you haven't done so yet, just give us five stars on iTunes because we love you. And we read every single review and it helps people find out about the fifth vital sign and hormonal contraceptives and amazing sex tips and all the things that, people, you know, want to want to know about in life and love and all the rest. So see you next Tuesday, y'all. Ciao for now.
1: Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.